Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Third Down Sports Podcast. I am your host, Henry. This is a podcast where we keep you up to date in sports, and I answer all the relevant questions that you want to know the answers to. So coming up in this podcast, we're going to hop into some baseball, talking about uh, talking about just baseball going into the World Series, talking uh, just answering some of the relevant questions about the World Series. Then we're going to hop into some football, brand new segment I think you guys will like, answering some uh, recapping back on Game 6, answering some questions going into Week 7, all that good stuff. So, starting with baseball, super, super happy to announce that the Los Angeles Dodgers got the W over the Atlanta Braves in yesterday's Game 7. They got the win 4-3, which means the Los Angeles Dodgers and Tampa Bay Rays are going head-to-head in the World Series. Crazy, did not think that, that we would have a World Series, but we have a World Series. Super excited about that. We have Los Angeles Dodgers, Tampa Bay Rays. So, our odds were the Dodgers were minus 210 favorites to beat the Rays in the series, which began, which will begin Tuesday by Monday morning, which is the time I'm recording this. By the time you're listening to it, it might be Tuesday or Wednesday, maybe even later. But by the time we're recording it, it is Monday. And the Dodgers have settled at minus 95 odds with the underdog Rays fetching uh, plus 165 odds. So, those are your odds. And so the big question I am thinking for this World Series is Clayton Kershaw, what's going to happen? <sighs> it's going to be interesting to see. <coughs> Since Clayton Kershaw wasn't needed in the Dodgers uh, Game 7 win, uh, he will line up to start Game 1 of the World Series. So that would also allow him to start Game 5 against the Rays on a regular rest schedule, which I'm guessing they will do. And maybe he might even pitch out of the bullpen on on two days. Rest in a potential Game 7. Regardless of how his first... I guess I actually calculated, I actually calculated this. 177.1 innings of Clayton Kershaw's career have unfolded. Not good. Not good. Let me just tell you, with a 4.31 ERA in 193 strikeouts... But regardless of that, pushing that aside, he now has an opportunity to help the Dodgers win their first World Series in his lifetime. For a pitcher who has achieved everything that Clayton Kershaw has done, a World Series ring is literally the only thing missing for him, I think. And I can say that I can say what I'm about to say. Uh, uh, the next seven games, or the next series, I should say, uh or is it the highest stakes for Clayton Kershaw than anybody else? Like, the O-Ring, o- uh, World Series ring, would mean the most Clayton Kershaw than anybody else. Like, give me one other person, if the Dodgers win, that, that a ring would be more important to. Like, I couldn't think of one. It's got to be Clayton Kershaw. But that's that that's that big question. So we'll see what's going to happen with Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, so it'll be really interesting. I have the Dodgers winning this one. I, I actually, if you go back and listen way back a way back podcast when we did baseball predictions. I actually had the Dodgers, the Dodgers winning it. So that that's pretty crazy there. So my prediction has been right so far. So anyway, we're gonna move on to some NFL because our new segment, our brand new segment, is grading NFL teams from last week. So we have our week six grades. Yes, this is gonna be this is gonna be interesting. I really like I like this um I like this I like the segment a lot. We might we might start doing we might start doing this uh, every week or maybe every other week. So our grades are going to be the Cleveland Browns have a D minus. The Browns' offensive line was horrible against Pittsburgh. 
uh, just <laughs> straight up horrible. This the Steelers capitalized on a rib inju- a rib injury to Baker Mayfield and knocked him out of the game, which was crazy. And then they had to put in Case Keenum. Cleveland could not just could not even stop them going after Case Keenum. So really, the Browns are getting a D minus because of their offensive line, but. Overall, they lost 7-38, to so I'm giving them B-. But on the other side of that game, the Steelers are getting an A. They're one of our top teams of the week for sure. The game was never in question, really, but Pittsburgh quickly jumped to a 10-0 lead. By that time, I was really like, yeah, this game's, this game's over, even when they were just up 10-0. They never looked back. The offense was good. Not great, but good. But it was the defense, of course, that made the statement on Sunday. Bud Debris and TJ Watt uh, just put, they're just, they're so dominant. The Steelers defense is actually making them a legit contender. But Bud Debris and TJ Watt just like bullied the Browns. They straight up bullied the Browns. It's crazy how good this, this Pittsburgh defense is. It's, it's, I can't even say, it's this Pittsburgh defense is so freaking good. But anyway, our other our other really good team was the Tennessee Titans getting an A minus. They got the win 42 uh 36 over Houston. Uh I'm not giving the Texans a bad grade, but I actually haven't graded the Texans, but I would not give them a bad grade. But focusing on Tennessee, they're getting A minus. The Tennessee Titans did not play perfect offense on Sunday, but they came pretty close as they were able to rack up a franchise record of 601 yards offensively. That is unreal. Like, that is a lot of yards to get in one game. It's hard to say who was the more impressive out of Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry, but I'm going to have to go with Derrick Henry, who totaled, he had a total of 264 yards and two touchdowns in the win. That's one that he had 212 rushing yards and 52 receiving yards. Tannehill, who also came, who also came up big time clutch with four touchdown passes. The Titans actually appeared to have one of the best offenses that I've seen on Sunday. And really, what I was thinking watching this game: imagine if Tennessee had Pittsburgh defense. I'm not saying Tennessee defense is bad, but just imagine that Tennessee's offense, Pittsburgh defense. Whew, that. Is it that's that's an, that's that team would be unstoppable, but anyway, Titans getting a minus, they are one of our top teams. But anyway, speaking of well, actually bad teams, the Vikings are getting our worst grade this week with an F straight up F for the Minnesota Vikings. This game was a nightmare from the start to the finish, especially for Kirk Cousins, who threw an interception on, on Minnesota's first play from scrimmage after the pick. Things actually even got worse for Cousins. It would end up throwing three more interceptions in the game, which to 17 points for the Falcons, that's what they got off those turnovers. The total score of this game was 40 to 23 over Minnesota. Like Atlanta just just outplayed them in everything. It was embarrassing. So on the other side of the ball, the Falcons are getting our top score of this week with an A plus, which is crazy. So. Getting rid of Dan Quinn appeared to work for the Falcons because they came through with their most impressive performance of the season, but that's really not all that impressive because they haven't been doing great this season. But this 
What I saw from the Falcons against a good team like Minnesota, who's actually not been doing good this season, I gotta say. But what I saw from the Falcons was insane. Offensively, Matt Ryan caught fire, throwing for 371 yards and four touchdowns. And just overall, Julio Jones was back. And I said a couple episodes ago, I said during our stardom and sit if Matt Ryan doesn't have Julio Jones, like, then sit him. But he had Julio Jones, and he threw a 40-yard pass to Julio Jones on a fourth and three. Like, if if Julio Jones is there, Matt Ryan does good. That just works somehow. It like they're just that duo that just works. Like that is crazy how how they how that works. But anyway, they're getting R A or no, they're the the uh, the Falcons are getting A plus. Vikings F. Vikings were not good at all. But anyway, we're moving on to our other grade because we got another A plus team with the pat uh, with the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers did something on Sunday. They they really they played lights out. They shut down the Packers, who who's they got the win by the way, thirty eight to ten. Uh, Packers of course, or uh, excuse me, t- Tampa Bay of course over Green Bay. But they just shut down the Packers, which is one of the best, like the highest ranked offenses in the league, and they shut them down. A big reason the Bucks were able to do that because of their consistent pressure they put on Aaron Rodgers. Tampa's defense sacked Rodgers a total of four times the game. So that's crazy. And then the Buccaneers had Rodgers just flustering for most of the game. It was just like not a good game for for Aaron Rodgers. Like just all around horrible. And just the Packers all around horrible. It was just the Packers played horrible because the Buccaneers played so outstanding. Offensively, the Buccaneers got nearly everybody involved. Literally everybody, as Tom Brady completed at least one pass to to eight different receivers, including Gronk, who caught his first touchdown pass of the season. The Bucks also had had a uh, they they just kept they just kept rolling and rolling, and that mainly thanks to Ronald Jones, who rushed for 113 yards and two touchdowns. So I mean, they're amazing passing, they're amazing running, they're amazing on the defensive side. What else can you do? Like, if that doesn't get an A-plus, I don't know what does. So, that's great for the Buccaneers. Anyway, our last grade is going to be the Rams coming in as a C-minus. So, not horrible. Like, they're just passing. But still, not great. Derek Henderson looked explosive. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup got open. But it's just... <sighs> San Francisco ended up getting the win 24-16 to over the Rams. Again, like, Daryl Henderson was looking good, but what really happened to Jared Goff? Everyone knows he, he doesn't do great under pressure, and it's not like San Francisco was really, like, like charging at him or anything. It was just, it, Jared Goff just did not look good. Like, I'd give Jared Goff overall, like, a D-. But the overall team is getting a C-, minus. the Rams losing to San Francisco. But anyway, we're going to take a short break. But when we come back, we're going to recap our winners and losers of Week 6. And we're going to talk about some key questions going into Week 7. Stay tuned. Today's episode is brought to you by Restaurants.com. With Restaurants.com, you can save at thousands of restaurants across the country with just a few clicks. Their dining deals range from $5 to $100, never expire, and cost you a fraction of the face value. Dinner has never been easier with Restaurants.com. Used for dine-in, take-out, or delivery. 
And Restaurants.com is offering our listeners 50% off their next purchase by going to www.restaurants.com slash podcast. That's www.restaurants.com slash podcast for 50% off your next purchase. Restaurants.com is the best deal for every meal. Okay, we're back from that short little sponsorship break, and we're going to dive into our winners and losers for week six. So let's get started with our winner, and that was the Buccaneers defensive line. It looked like it was it was going to be a long day for Tampa Bay after Aaron Rodgers and the Packers raced down and got a 10-point lead in the first quarter. But in the second, in the second quarter, the defense took over and the Buccaneers crushed to a 38-10 victory and it all started with the pass rush. It all started with the pass rush. The consistent pressure from Aaron Rodgers just completely threw off the timing in the in the Packers offense. It came it came from linebackers and safety mainly on the edge of the pocket. But really that like he was just go they're just going like getting up into his face and like they were pressuring him is basically what I'm trying to get at. And he there's not much Aaron Rodgers could do. But it but it was also the 13 quarterback hits that destroyed Green Bay. So that the Buccaneers did to the Packers team had just allowed that uh, allowed only three sacks in the first four games of this of this year, and uh, like the Bucks, the Buccaneers defensive line was looking insane on Sunday against uh, with the win over uh, Tampa Bay. Anyway, our big loser is going to be Adam Gaze. It's time to end the Gaze experiment in New York. The Jets put up another embarrassment, embarrassing performance. In the 24-0 loss to the Miami Dolphins. They're the only winless team left in the NFL. And Sunday's shutout came against a squad that hasn't really been doing great this season. But again, not horrible. It's hard to tell with, with these, uh, with these um, Dolphins. But the Jets, general, the Jets generally t- generated 263 yards of total offense. Titans running back Derrick Henry alone encountered... 264. Derrick Henry got more yards than the, one more yard than the Jets' offense in total on Sunday. So that is just, the Jets converted just two of 17 of their third down tries. That is what does it right there. When you're converting two of 17 third down tries, come on, Jets. I would not want to be a Jets fan right about now. Like, for real. Jets fans, I am sorry. But anyway, that was our winners and losers for week six. We only did one of each. Pro- probably do a little bit more next uh, next week. Well, we're going to hop into some key questions going into NFL week seven. So, our big question that got sent in. This, yes, this question got sent in. Can Russell Wilson continue to play at his MVP level? Whew, Russell Wilson has been popping off and has got to be the favorite in the MVP race at this point. Yes, I know, but we're we're six games into the season. Like, there's an MVP race already. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. He has Seattle at 5-1, and one, and unlike unlike years in the past where where he, where he Wilson has been, like, the true star, he passed for 14 touchdowns and has yet to throw an interception. And he has rushed, rushed for three scores. So, like, what I'm trying to get at is, in the past, it's he's been the true star, but he's getting, like, his teammates involved, which is pretty crazy. Baltimore's pass defense has allowed just six touchdowns all season and has 
and has five interceptions. They won't be easy. Uh, they won't be easy to throw on, especially after adding Marcus Peters and the Rams. So after the bye week, uh, Seahawks and Ravens. After the Seahawks bye week, I should make that clear. So that'll be also a very good game. But anyway, that was a good question. We're gonna move on to our other question that got sent in, which was, can can Kirk Cousins keep it up? I mean, Kirk Cousins, like, who, who is, who's like, like, I've never seen this from Kirk Cousins after facing criticism following some slow play in the first month of the season. Kirk Cousins has turned it around and looked great in two games in a row. He's passed for six touchdowns and just one interception cons- in consecutive wins over the Giants and Eagles. Those are not great teams, I gotta say. He's passed, he's passed his way out. He's, he's really been doing good, like, just straight up passing. Like as a quarterback, that's what you need. But he's continued. He can. If he needs to continue that against this Lions defense that has allowed just six passing touchdowns all season. So good luck with that, Kirk Cousins, going against the Lions next week. So great question there, and that is going to do it for our questions that got sent in, and that is also going to do it for today's podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed, kept up to date, and entertained. We will be back next week. I am Henry. Peace out, everybody.